You're listening to the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast with Terrence Murphy, where we cover sales, investing, and entrepreneurship with an emphasis on real estate. Each podcast, Terrence and his guests will bring you informative and inspiring information within the real estate industry. All right, guys, welcome to season three of the Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. Uh, really excited to talk about where we're getting into. We've talked about you know being a real estate entrepreneur and sales, investing, and entrepreneurship. But this season, we're going to dive deep into multifamily, syndication, development, acquisition, uh, wealth management. And I'm excited to have a great guest today. Rod Cleef is a multiple business owner and philanthropist who is passionate about business, high-performance real estate, and giving back. As one of the country's top real estate and peak performance luminaries, he also owned over 2,000 properties. Rod brings incredible authenticity and insight to his approach to real estate mindset, success, and life. Rod can talk about real estate, the psychology of success, and any business topic in great depth, contributing incredible firsthand technical and motivational knowledge and skills to the conversation. Welcome him to the show today. So he's going to share his story, his testimony, and also the, the amazing things that he's done in the space. Welcome to the show today, Rod. Thank you for being here. I appreciate I appreciate you having me, my friend, and really enjoyed uh, hearing a little bit of your story, which is pretty pretty amazing. So uh, I'm really excited to to see if I can add some value. Let's have some fun. Let's do it, man. Well, our audience always wants to know people's kind of background. You know, a lot of times people just tell the success story; they don't really tell their real story. And so, if you can tell us just kind of your testimony, your story, in a short snippet on how you got into real estate, and then we'll dive into some of these questions. I, I love it. You defined it as a testimony, and uh, that, I like that description. Well, so I'm an immigrant. I'm a Dutch immigrant. I was born in the Netherlands, you know, think wooden shoes and windmills, and immigrated when I was six years old uh, to the United States with my brother, Albert, my mother's Vancha. Uh, we ended up in Denver, Colorado, and we really struggled initially. Uh, we, you know, I remember eating expired food. We shopped at an expired food store. I, you know, drinking powdered milk with our cereal in the morning because it was cheaper than real milk. And trust me, it sounds better than it is. And, you know, and and wearing clothes from the Goodwill and the Salvation Army all the way through junior high school till I lied about my age at Burger King when I was 14 because I was tall so I could get a job flipping burgers and buy my own clothes. And, you know, I'm sure you've got listeners that had it harder than I did or maybe even have it harder now with all this craziness. But, you know, I knew I wanted more. And luckily, my mom had an incredible work ethic. So she babysat kids so that we'd have enough money to eat. And she was a bit of an entrepreneur with her babysitting money. She actually invested in the stock market successfully in IPOs with no formal education. And she also invested in real estate. Well, her first real estate acquisition was the house right across the street from us. She bought from a family named the Jewels when, when I was about 14 for about 30 grand. And then when I was 17, she told me she'd made $20,000 in her sleep that had gone up in value 20 grand. And I was like, what? You made 20 grand and you didn't do anything? Screw college. I'm getting into real estate. And this is back when 20 grand was a lot of money. Okay. This is 1978, yeah, 77 actually when she told me that. And so I went and got my real estate broker's license right when I turned 18. Back then you could do it with education. I was actually a broker. I could have my own office. Now they've gotten smart since then. You need to have some experience to be a broker, but I was a broker. I was smart enough to go work for another broker, but I was still living at home. My first year in real estate, I made about eight grand. My second year, I made about 10 grand. But my third year, I made over $100,000. And, and, and so what happened between year two and year three that caused me to 10X my income? Well, what happened was I met a guy, I was dating his daughter, his name was Gino, and he taught me about the importance of mindset and psychology. And how really 80 to 90% of your success in anything is just that, your mindset and psychology. Only 10 to 20% is the stuff we talk about on our podcast, You know, the technical stuff. You actually have to take action with it. And so 
you know, he taught me about that. And fast forward to today, I've owned over 2,000 houses that I've rented long-term and I I now own thousands of apartment units. In 2006, my net worth went up $17 million while I slept. And you might say, wow, you did say wow. And I said, (laughs) wow. And And I got a head so freaking big, I could barely fit it through a door. I thought I was a real estate god. And you know when that happens? God of the universe will give you a nice little smack. Well, that was 2008. I lost everything. I lost $50 million conservatively in 2008 and nine. And so what I'm known for talking about uh, on my podcast, and I'm excited to say we just broke 16 million downloads. So I'm very excited about that. But uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm known for talking about the mindset and the psychology it took to have you know, 50 million to lose in the first place. But then maybe as importantly, or even more important is the mindset it took to recover from it. From losing 50 million. I mean, people killed themselves for losing mess, less, both in 08 and 09, and of course in the Great Depression. And so, yeah. you know, happy to drill down on that a little if you want, or take this anywhere you want, my friend. Well, man, congrats first off on just the mindset. You know, you know we talked about earlier, you know, people spend their whole lives to make it to the NFL. And I got there and got paralyzed my rookie year. So it was a similar experience where I had to rebuild myself. And I would say rebuild. I had to rebuild myself mentally, spiritually, and physically. So when when you made that transition in 2008, what would you say you learned from the market that you can take in today as the market's starting to stabilize and slow down and stifle and inflation and interest rates? Do you see any similar patterns or what, what would you say? Oh, sure. I honestly... I, I think we're headed for some pain in this country, some significant pain that people are talking like it's going to be a blip because the, you know, the employment market's still good. I think it's going to be ugly, frankly. But even if I'm wrong, there's going to be a lot of pain in, in the new operators that got bridge debt these last couple of years. And we can drill down on that if you want, uh, you know, why that's a big deal. But, um, you know, yeah, I mean, when I lost everything back then, the things that got me back, well, the first thing was reassociating with my goals, okay? Getting really clear on what I wanted and why I wanted it. And, um, you know, if you come to one of my boot camps, for example, I I, I do boot camps and I'll, I'll give your peeps a hell of a deal if they want to come. I've got a virtual one, May 6th and 7th, and I don't sell anything, by the way, at these things. But, but you know, if you come, the first hour is spent on goals. I call it goal setting on steroids because how do you get anything if you don't know what it is? You got to know mm. what the heck you want and you got to know why. Why you want it. And here's why. Because you've got to create what Napoleon Hill in his book, Think and Grow Rich, calls a burning desire. You got to want it. And that's how you push through the fear or you push through limiting beliefs or or you get uncomfortable. You know, a lot of people are comfortable and the comfort zone's a nice warm place and nothing freaking grows there, right? You know, and let's talk about limiting beliefs for a half second. So, you know, when I immigrated, I, I found out what bullies were for the first time. You know, I, I hadn't had encountered that before and I didn't have much of a father figure yet. And so I got my butt kicked occasionally. And then my mom, proud Dutch woman that she was, thought it'd be a great idea to send me to school in wooden shoes and those leather shorts the Germans wear for Oktoberfest. So I got my butt kicked again. And then, you know, we had bullies on our street that would chase me home and she'd chase them off with a fly swatter. So the next day I got my ass kicked again. And so, you know, I came up with this belief system that I wasn't good enough. And a lot of people have these belief systems, like I'm not good enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not s- smart enough, analytical enough, don't have enough time, don't have enough money. And the thing to remember, if, if one of these applies to you, if you're listening, is that there's a reason the acronym for belief systems is BS, because 99% of them are BS, but we believe they're real. And so if you've got one of those, all I tell you to do is bring it out in the daylight, look at it with your adult rational mind and recognize that it's BS and it'll go away. I used to be afraid to raise my hand in class and now I speak in front of, you know, thousands and thousands of people a year, but and that's what I had to do. I had to look at myself and realize anybody that would reject me just didn't know me or they had their own crap going on. And so, you know, so that was a, a big piece. So That's good, man. 
That's really good wisdom. Uh, I'm about to run out. I'm about to run out the tunnel at uh, at, at Kyle Field and go hit somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. When you yeah. so when that happened, right? There's usually two to three important players on a team, whether it's a CPA or a property manager. Who do you feel were those like foundational people on your team as you kind of rebuilt yourself, rebuilt your track record, your balance sheet or whatever. Let me do it a little differently if you don't mind, because I'd already learned a lot about real estate. Okay. I'd already had 2000 houses when I lost everything. In fact, when I lost everything, I had 800 houses. I had several apartment complexes and and here's something that's crazy. I was at a 30% loan to value when I still crashed and burned. And let me mm. tell you why. Now, this is important actually, because we're talking about multifamily. Let me tell you why I don't do single family anymore because it was the single family that pulled me down. Let me explain why. So I had 800 houses. They were two hours north of me, two hours south of me, and everywhere in between. So I wasn't geographically well-located either. But here's what killed me. So Florida has no state income tax. So property taxes are higher. That impacts cash flow, right? I had properties in wind and flood zones. Higher insurance impacts cash flow. But what really killed me was if I had a maintenance issue, now these were C-class houses. You know, there's A, B, C, and D. A's brand new, D's the hood. C is, you know, fairly run down, older, and you're going to have a tougher demographic in those pro- in those run down houses. They just harder on a property. That's just the way it is. And they're older. So you got a lot of maintenance. And so if I had to send a maintenance guy to one of my apartment complexes, everything's the same. The plumbing parts are the same, the locks, the appliance parts, HVAC parts, windows, and you can stockpile the, you know, the common parts and they're in and out in an hour. But if I had to send them to one of my houses that's an hour one way or longer one way, then they have to go see what's wrong. Every house is different. Go f- go see what's wrong. Go find a Home Depot or a Lowe's where we have an account. And you know what took an hour at one of my apartment complexes could take all day at one of my 800 houses. And that really killed the cash flow. Um, but then the coup de gras, uh, you know, the guillotine, as it were, that cut my neck off uh, was was I didn't pay attention to tenant demographics back then. Okay, and I do now. I, I literally look when I buy an asset. Even I look bought one 296 units. I literally looked where every single person worked to gauge recession resistance. You know, mm. and but I didn't pay attention back then. And what I discovered after I lost everything was I had a ton of people that were contract plumbers, electricians, drywallers, painters, roofers, which fell off a cliff in 2008 and 9. They didn't have work. And so, you know, and and you want to hear what's crazy is by the end of 2009, my portfolio was actually underwater. It dropped more than 70% in value. So anyway, what it could have, should have. But, but, but the lesson I got in that is my multifamily did just fine through that. I had an 88 unit, for example, that would, you know, yeah, it lost some of the income, but it would have easily survived. And of course, in my infinite wisdom, I cross-collateralized it with packages of houses. So I lost it too, which really sucked. But the point is, my multifamily did just fine. And multifamily is incredibly recession resistant, which is why, you know, back, you know, what, seven plus years ago, I started my podcast and I just to tell people, hey, if you're going to buy and hold, for God's sakes, do multifamily, don't do single family, just because it's a better buy and hold property uh, asset. And, you know, and, and, you know, when 2008 and nine happened, you know, multifamily, literally the rents exceeded pre-crash levels in less than three years. That's how fast multifamily rents bounced back. When COVID hit, uh, retail shopping centers didn't get help. Office buildings didn't get help. Uh, you know, industrial didn't get help. We got hundreds of thousands of dollars in rental assistance on our assets because, you know, people have to have a place to live. So, 
you know, it's um, let me say this, and 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 I'll end with this, and 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 please fire away with your questions at that point. But guys, we are heading. I believe we're heading into some pain, but we could be heading into the greatest transfer of wealth we see in our lifetimes. And if I'm right, you need to get up to speed as fast as freaking possible. Pick a vehicle. What I mean by a vehicle is, you know, you can buy businesses. There are 80 million baby boomers retire, you know, getting old and cold. And as used to be my line, 80 million baby boomers getting old and cold. So I thought Florida was going to be recession proof, but they're getting old and they're retiring. And, you know, a lot of them own businesses. So you can buy businesses. You could buy, you know, you could do single family if you want. I don't think you should, but there's other asset classes. You know, I think you could do well in mobile home parks and self-storage. I wouldn't do office for sure. And I'm not sure I do retail either with the whole Amazon dynamic, but but um, but you could trade stocks, whatever. If you're going to do multifamily, get your butt to my boot camp. But pick your vehicle and learn it right away. Because if you're trying to learn it in the thick of it, it's going to be too late. Can I mention my boot camp real quick? Do you mind? You can mention whatever, Rod. You you're good to go. I, I've got a two. Day, it's a two day virtual boot camp. It's May sixth and seventh, and I don't sell anything there. So it's sixteen to eighteen hours of training. Now, what I'll do for your peeps is if you use the code TM5, that'll be the code. If you use that code, you can come for 47 freaking dollars, okay? And it comes with some awesome bonuses. You know, don't tell me you can't afford it, okay? But but again, I don't sell anything there. It's 18, 16, 18 hours of training. And I go through every aspect of the business, picking a market, building a team, finding a deal, evaluating the deal, doing the due diligence on the deal, financing it, raising all the money you need for it, doing a syndication or a joint venture, property management, you name it, raising, yeah, raising capital is a big one right now. Finding deals was hard these last couple of years. Finding the money is going to be harder. But here's the beautiful thing about this business that I'm sure you know this, but a lot of people don't is, yeah, it takes money to buy an apartment complex or buy multifamily, but it doesn't have to be your own money. There's so much money that's looking for a home. I just saw a headline from somebody, uh, an economist uh, uh, that that works for one of the big venture capital funds or banks. I forgot what it was, but they're talking about a 26% um, hit on the stock market. That's going to go down 26% this year. That's huge. That's a quarter of value. And so, you know, again, there's a lot of people that that don't like the volatility of the stock market and you can learn how to talk to them. That's what I'll teach you at the boot camp, so that you can raise money for your deals. So, you know, you know, you hear these gurus talking about no money down and you're thinking, oh, that sounds like BS. Well, that is absolutely the case in my space because, you know, I've done probably close to 5,000 units in the last, uh, say, four years and I don't have a dime of my own money in them. Now you're thinking, okay, well, that's you, that's Rod. Well, a lot of my my students, my coaching students now own upwards of 150,000 units that we know of. And uh, and many of them did it with, with none of their own money. They just raised the money. But uh, one last thing, and then I'll quit and get off my soapbox here. And no, no, you're good, bro. This business is a team sport, okay? Multifamily. You can do single family by yourself. I bought 2,000 houses. I pretty much ran it. I had you know, my brother helped me some, my brothers both actually. And then I had uh, some employees, but it was pretty much, you know, I, I was the driver. Multifamily is different. You're not going to do it by yourself. You're going to do, but but what what's great about that is there's a lot of different hats you can wear in this business. You can be the the one that finds the deals, or the one that talks to investors to 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 put money in, or maybe you're the you got you're analytical and you like to underwrite. You could be the one that you know digs into the spreadsheets and does the numbers because this business is numbers. It's empirical. You get the numbers right, it's pretty hard to make a big mistake if you ask all the right questions. And by the way, I forgot to tell you where to go uh, because there's some free resources there that that just reminded me. If you go to rodslinks.com, 
That's where the bootcamp site is, rodslinks.com. And TM5 on the bootcamp link to get the $47 price, but there's also a bunch of free books there. And one of them is a book called The Toolbook, The Multifamily Toolbook. And it's got all the questions you'd want to ask before you buy a deal. There's other really good books there. The other thing I'll mention that's there is, you know, I told you if you come to my bootcamp, we do goal setting because that's so freaking important. You got to know what you want. You got to have that. And here's the thing. People spend more time planning a freaking birthday party than they do designing their lives. That's designing your life. So if you don't want to do the bootcamp, if you're not interested in multifamily, that's cool. But at the bottom of Rod's links is my goal setting workshop. I did it New Year's. I think I did January 2nd this year. I do it every year. It's free. I'm not going to try to sell you anything. There's a guide you can download. Do it with your spouse. Have your kids, if they're over 10 years old, do it. It's so freaking important. Again, it's on Rod's links and it's at the bottom. Very, very helpful. So, and I'll stop talking now. I've been, I've been blabbering for a long time here. No, that's good, brother. Can you spell out that website? Rod's links. Yeah, it's Rod's links. Rod's plural, links plural dot com. R-O-D-S-L-I-N-K-S dot com. And that's my link tree. It's got all my social media handles. And if you, by the way, if you DM me on any social, I answer every single question. Okay. People don't understand how I do it, but I do it. Every single question. <laughs> it's got my bootcamp website there. It's got my podcast there. And even if you don't like multifamily, I do a clip every week on my podcast called Own Your Power. It's motivational. You give me five minutes a week, I'll juice you. Okay. I promise. As music, people really get fired up and there's hundreds of them there, but, uh, They're called Own Your Power and they're very proud of them. And I think that's the reason the podcast has been so successful. People, you know, don't remember what you said, but they remember how you made them feel. And these, those episodes will make you feel and really look in the mirror to become a better version of yourself. Um, but uh, that's all on rodslinks.com and that goal setting workshops there. There's a guide you can download. You know, so there's a lot of resources there, my free books. So I love it, man. I love it. One of the the pushbacks I hear, because we got people listening to this podcast that are very experienced operators or people trying to consider, you know, I have a lot of real estate agents, right? They own five houses. They own 10 houses. They own 20. They're trying to- thank God they own some property. You know, so many agents and brokers just sitting and they're only as good as their last deal. But, you know, they're in the perfect spot, by the way, to to capitalize on this business and build annuities and and start building, you know, real nest egg. I'm sorry, I interrupted you, but thank God that the the ones you're listening are buying stuff. And if you're listening and you haven't bought stuff, when would now be a good time, right? (laughs) Yeah, they're trying to make that transition to become, you know, be operators in multifamily. An investor, yeah. Yeah, so my question is, when you're saying zero down, now I've obviously, done syndicated deals, but here, here, let me explain how walk me through that. Yeah, sure. Well, you can, let me, in my twenties, I bought millions of dollars worth of property, 50, 50 with partners. I did the work. They put up the money. They signed on the debt. We split the profits and everybody was happy. Okay. So that's possible. Okay. And so that's one way do a joint venture. And it was joint venture because they were actively involved. They signed on the debt. But but uh, another there, there's another strategy for raising money called a syndication. Sounds very intimidating. It's not. You just hire an attorney and you dot the I's and cross the T's and you can raise money. And so, you know, again, there's so many people out there that have that that they're getting killed by inflation. They've got cash, myself included. I'm in a lot of cash right now because in a crisis, cash is king. But here's the thing. It doesn't have to be your own cash. You just talk to people and say, hey, I'm investing in multifamily and finding some incredible deals because this economy, and I'm always looking for partners. So if you know anybody that might want to partner with me, and you call it partners, they're really going to invest passively, you know, yeah. and they're, they're not going to be actively involved, but that's how you how you coin it. And you'll find people say, yeah, I'm interested. I got 50 grand. I got a hundred grand. I'd love to get decent returns. And, you know, in fact, I've got a deal right now in Louisiana. It looks incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to get it. I'm going to know today or tomorrow 
but uh, it's an A-class property. The returns are going to be like nine to ten percent a year for the cash on cash, and then the ultimate return will be you know uh, over two percent multiple on on somebody's ink on somebody's investment. And uh, you know, um, so if you're interested in that. Uh, you can text the word partner to seven two three four five to to talk to my team about that deal if it comes. But but you should get on talk to you should get on our calendar or at least register on our portal. So when it comes, you know about it. But you have to be accredited. And accredited means you make two hundred thousand a year or you've got a million dollar net worth without your personal residence. If you're not accredited, I you can't I, I can't uh, take your money. But uh, but there are ways you can do deals with people that aren't accredited. It's just you can't advertise those. And you'll learn all that in my boot camp. But I don't want to get too deep down that rabbit hole right now. By the way, I forgot to mention this because I know you got listeners that are driving. If you did, aren't able to write down Rod's links, if you text the word links, L-I-N-K-S to 72345, we will text you that email, that domain. And just again, remember TM5 is the code to come to my boot camp uh, for 47 bucks. Um, so- no, that's really good. So when so when you get, let's say like you get a, people are interested in being a limited partner. And like you said, 2X multiple, those things. How are you structuring your syndication on the splits and uh, acquisition? Yeah, well, well, that gets a little complicated, uh, but yeah. well, we can we can go down that rabbit hole a little bit. Just a basic, just kind of a basic overview. Yeah, so so typically it's, there's always a split between the general partners, the people like me that put the deal together and the limited partners, you know, or, or like you, if you get into this business as a general partner and very often, that split, well, that split is typically 50-50 all the way up to 80-20, okay? Like this Louisiana deal, because it's a A-class property, will likely be 70-30 split. So that means the people that put the money in own 70% of that deal. We, as the people that put the deal together, own 30%, okay? And and that man, the tax benefits are fantastic as well, you know, uh, it, it, because we do what's called a cost segregation, which accelerates the depreciation. So you get incredible write-offs the first year, like upwards of 50, 60% of, of the investment. And so they'll get a preferred return as well. So let me explain that. So let's say you put a hundred grand in. Well, we, what most operators do is they'll offer a PREF. It's called a PREF or preferred return. In our case, it's typically seven or 8%. So that you're going to get that percent on your money before any splits happen. So you you know you get that first seven or eight percent, um, and then after that it's split based on whatever split you have. Now this, like I said, this deal is an A asset, so we're doing seventy thirty most likely on it. Last one, last two we did were fifty fifty because they were such great deals. The returns were still you know ten percent plus cash on cash. You know uh, the total return was in the sixteen to twenty percent range, and so you know those were such good deals we could do fifty fifty splits. Um, but you know, as the deals get tighter to get the returns, you have to you have to change the splits to have them make sense. Now I know yeah. I'm I'm probably got most of you guys' eyes crossed, but if you come to my boot camp, I, we fully explain this so that you can you know really understand it and not be intimidated by it. But just remember this: if this, this stuff is intimidating, everybody starts where you are. Okay, so don't be intimidated. Michael Jordan st- start started in the same spot, you know. Uh, LeBron James, they all started at, were as an amateur. And uh, so don't don't be intimidated. You just, how to eat a whale? One bite at a time. And I'm going to tell you, come to my boot camp, you will have eaten half that whale. Okay. So <laughs> you'll be well on the way. No, I love it. I love it. A couple more questions on that. And I want to pivot back to some mindset stuff. So loan to value, right? That's something that I get a lot of questions about. People asking me, hey, when you're financing these deals, what's your loan to value? You know, when the market's good, interest rates are down, you can get a little more leverage in multifamily. So I want to talk about that. Where do you feel loan to value needs to be? So if you go on a $20 million deal, apartment complex, are you raising 50% equity or 
It's not what it needs to be is what you can get. Okay. Now, right mm-hmm. now, the loan to value is about 60%. I, I just had a warrior, one of my coaching students close at 56%. So you're raising a lot more money, which makes it harder. The more money that's out of pocket in a deal, the harder it is to get the high returns because it's a bigger number. And so, yeah. you know, these past, and that's, you know, that's one of the things that even if this is a mild recession, I don't believe it's going to be. I think it's going to be a doozy. But even if it's mild, there were a lot of operators that got adjustable rate debt these last couple of years mm-hmm. called bridge debt uh, to get the higher loan to value, okay? To get the, to be able to, to promise higher returns. Well, they're getting killed, okay? Even if they paid for a rate cap where the rate only goes up 2%, they're still getting killed. Because when you're talking about 10 to $20 million debt, 2% Rate cap is brutal. You know, I've, I've, I'm looking at deals right now where the operators paid, you know, 30 million on one asset. They'll sell it now for 22 just to get out of it. I, I, mm-hmm. I was looking at a deal in San Antonio where the reserves, you have to pay a reserve payment to the bridge lender because the loan was getting close. His reserve payment went from 8,000 a month to 80,000 a month. Okay. Wow. I mean, that's, that's business threatening stuff. And so. There's, even if the, this recession is mild, there's still going to be a ton of opportunity in that space right there. But uh, I yeah. think, again, I think it's going to be more than mild. And, uh, you know, I'm wrong all the time. I could be wrong this time. I actually thought COVID was going to be the catalyst, but I'm really believing this is going to be the catalyst. Um, it's, you know, a lot of people that are smarter than I, Elon Musk said, you know, uh, arguably a very smart guy said that, uh, you know, if they don't lower the rates immediately, the recession is going to be severe. Trump, love him or hate him, said it could be as bad as the Great Depression. Of course, Kiyosaki's been talking about it forever, you know, and he's eventually going to be right. But but the bottom line is a lot of people smart. Uh, Jamie Dimon, head of, of uh, Chase, said it's going to be severe. So a lot of really smart people are saying it's going to be ugly. So, you know, of course, a lot of people are saying it aren't as well. It isn't as well, but I, I, yeah, I believe it is. Yeah, I think so. But, too. but again, that's opportunity. You know, don't be yeah. scared by that. Get excited. And that's why I say pick a freaking vehicle right now. How are you going to capitalize on it? You know, you know, yeah. you, don't, you don't want to be two years from now wishing you'd taken action today. You know, wishing, you know, with your life the same way it is right now, unless you freaking love your life right now. If you do, then don't worry about it. But if if you want to do something more, you, you know, you've got to get clear on what you want and why you want it. That's why we start with goals. Then you got to make a decision. And the Latin root for the word decision means to cut off. It means that you're not putting one toe in the water. You're not putting one foot in the water. It's freaking done. A great analogy for a real decision is if you're going to attack the island in battle, you're burning your ships because you're taking their damn ships home. That's a decision. Okay. It's freaking done. And then, and then you've got to take that first step. And like Dr. Martin Luther King said, you take that first step in faith and the next step will be revealed. You'll see the staircase, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's it. But sometimes that first step will be the scariest one. And I see it in deals all the time. It's the law of the first deal. I see it with my students. They're like, oh my God, it's been six months. I don't have a deal, eight months, or maybe even a year. And then they get that first deal. Next thing you know, they have four. You know, it's like, what the heck just happened? Well, they realize, you know, because that first deal is the scariest. It's the longest. It takes, it's the hardest. But once it's done, you realize it's really not that big a deal. You just got to move forward. So, yeah, no, that's good, man. I'm going to ask you these questions. There's five questions and you answer them in one word or one sentence as fast as you can. You ready? Yeah. So you do you have a college degree or no college degree? No. What was your greatest challenge as a child? Oh, be, getting beat up and 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 feeling like I wasn't worthy. You know, my, I used to ask myself the question, how can I show them I'm good enough? Which, of course, presupposed that I wasn't. Yep. What was your first attempt at entrepreneurship? 
Uh, real estate. I bought my first house when I was 18. Yeah. Piece of crap. Oh my God. They had cats in the freaking crawl space in the in the crawl space. You haven't smelled anything that nasty. I had to, I went down there with lie a lime and tried to kill it. Oh, it was ugly. But anyway, yeah, that was the first one in Denver. And what was the what was the worst real estate advice you've ever been given? You know, I didn't really get a lot of real estate advice growing up. Yeah. Honestly, I just didn't. I and that because, but because of that, I made every freaking possible mistake you can make. In fact, at my boot camp, we have these shirts that we give away that say hashtag Ask Me How I Know. One of my students got it for me because I'm always saying, "Don't do that." Ask me how I know. Yeah, uh, you know. And so, you know, uh, I've made every possible mistake you can make. Uh, but you know, uh, in that vein, I'd rather learn from somebody that's 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 had that happen than somebody that's never had any problems. Like a lot of these operators, these last few years, they're gonna there's gonna be a reckoning because you know the the, the if they're not paying attention to their KPIs, you know, their key performance metrics that and measuring consistently on these on these deals, they're gonna have some problems as people can't afford to pay rent and so on and so forth. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then your last question is, who was the person that made the biggest impact on your career? Probably Tony Robbins. I, 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 um, I'll, I'll tell you a story. I knew I always wanted to live on the beach. Okay. And, and, and this is going to take a couple minutes if that's okay, but it's, 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 it's it'll really, it'll really add value to your listeners. Okay. So I, I wanted to live on the beach. And of course, there's no freaking beach in Denver, but I would visualize the palm trees and the sand and the surf. And 20 years later, I built this $8 million mansion on the beach, which was unthinkable when I was 18, but I visualized, I made it happen. I mean, it was an incredible place. I had the beach on one side. It was a slice through an island, a beach on one side. And I have my boats and boat lifts on the backside. It's called a Gulf to Bay. I mean, three stories. Let me just describe it for a minute. I had a giant waterfall from the second floor balcony into the pool. You had to walk through the waterfall to get into the pool. Pool was in magazines. I had a big spiral staircase up through the middle of the house, elevator, wine cellar. On the second floor, I had aquariums built around the staircase that cost me almost 200 grand. So this gives you an idea of the house. Yeah. Well, I worked for this thing for 20 freaking years. Two months after I moved in, 20 years, two months, two months after I moved in, I'm floating in the pool at night. It's changing colors. It's got fiber optic lighting. And I'm looking up at this testament to my ego, which is really what it was. It was to prove the world I was good enough. Told you, I I used to ask myself, how can I show that I'm good enough? Well, you know, $8 million house. I had, and I had all the toys. I had the Maserati and the Mercedes, two of those and boats and jet skis and all the crap, you know? And my family was inside sleeping, a beautiful family. And I got depressed. And I don't mean a little depressed. I mean, I got really depressed. And this is two months after I moved in. And I realized when I look back on it, there were several things happening, three really. First one is you never achieve a big goal without having other goals lined up behind it. Like the good book says, without a vision, the people perish. You need a vision for the future. And I know what I was going to do next. Second thing is it's never about the goals. You need them. But like they say, the happiest days of a boat owner's life are the day they buy the boat and the day they sell the boat, right? You need Mm -hmm. the goals to get you juiced and to push through fear and limiting beliefs and comfort. But it's never about that. It's about not only it's, it's about who you become on your path to the goals, but the happiness comes from progress and growth. Doesn't matter how much, even a little bit of progress or growth. And if you do that goal setting workshop on Rod's links, at the end of that, I do a, a planning session. I teach you how to do a weekly planning process. It's incredibly powerful. And one of the pieces of that is to celebrate anything you got done because you're going to have setbacks. You're going to have delays. But if you're, if you're acknowledging your progress, if you did anything, you're going to be happy regardless of the setbacks or the delays. But then the last thing was I was totally focused on me. Show the world that matters. Show the world I'm good enough. Rod, 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 rod. And that's the year I, I went and saw Tony Robbins because I'm like, man, I got to get this back. And he's the best in the world at mindset stuff. And and so, and then I spent the next 20 years following him around the planet. Uh, big blessing as far as a mentor goes. But the, the reason I brought this up is I f- found out that he fed families for the holidays. 
And I'm like, mm. hmm, what a concept. Do something for someone else. I'm embarrassed to say I had to be 40 to get that memo. But I went back and I called my brother. I said, hey, bro, I was going to go visit him in Denver I said, for Thanksgiving. I said, let's feed five families. And so he called his church and found five families that really needed help. And we had a blast buying the turkeys and the toys for the kids if they had kids and the food and all that. Third family changed my life, Terrence. We go up to this row house and it's like this, it wasn't even a one bedroom, it was a crappy one bedroom because you walk through the living room, through the bedroom to get to the kitchen, which had the bathroom off of it woman in there with five kids, Hispanic woman. She comes out. <clears throat> she sees all the stuff on the porch. She starts crying. Her kids come out. Two of the older ones start crying. I start crying and I was hooked. And I'm blessed to say in the last 23 years, we've fed somewhere between 130 and 140,000 children here in Sarasota and Bradenton, Florida. Uh-huh. We've done tens of thousands of backpacks filled with school supplies. We just did 1,800 this last August. Uh, we do it every year. We've done tens of thousands of teddy bears, just did 800 for a, a, the Sarasota Sheriff's Department for officers to keep in their cars. If they encounter a child that's been traumatized, they can comfort the child. And I don't say this to brag, please know this, but, but you know, and I know you've got listeners that got blood dripping from their teeth. They want this so freaking bad. They want the Lamborghini or the success or whatever success looks like to them. And I'm going to tell you, I, there's, Tony Robbins calls it the science of achievement versus the art of fulfillment. So you can be successful and achieve, but you you may not be fulfilled. And that's where I was, okay? And, mm-hmm. and, and so achievement's a science. If you want to learn multifamily, get your butt to my boot camp. I'll give you the blueprint and the map. You just got to go do it because it's a science. It's, there's no secret sauce. You just have to go do it. But if you want to be fulfilled, you got to figure out what juices you. You know, if, for me, it's children. Maybe for you, it's the elderly or the animals or the environment, whatever it is, do something right freaking now to give back. If you can't, if you, you know, you're saying, well, he's, you got so much money, you can do it. No, let me tell you something. You give back, you'll get the money faster. That's the way God works. That's the way the universe works. You get back what you give times a hundred. And so, you know, figure out what juices you and give back right now. And you'll be, and, and, you know, we've been taught to achieve, to be happy. If you give back, you're happily achieving. And I know it's a play on words, but it's an important one. So, you know, I've interviewed billionaires on my podcast. I've interviewed mega millionaires and I can tell if they're like I was when I was 40 and I feel sorry for them. I, they may be successful financially, but they're not fulfilled. They're not truly happy and, and truly successful in my view. So give back right now. That's a secret to success. Man, I love it, bro. Well, that, that leads me to my final couple of questions. I call it, the, we call it the moonshot, right? It's that one thing that, you now want to achieve because like you said, when we're young, we're dreamers. We want to achieve. We want to go to college. We want to be successful. And somewhere that it's almost like that 25 to 50, we forget to dream again. And so for you, what's that one goal or dream that others think is impossible or crazy that you want to achieve one day? I've got the material goals, you know, like a jet and a yacht and, and I I'll reach, you know, if I, if I continue with them, I will get them. But I got to tell you, let me show you on the wall behind me here. There's some of the hundreds of thank you cards I've gotten from students. The whole wall behind me is covered with them. I literally have hundreds of them. And, um, you know, my God, if I if I can impact a million people to become millionaires and, and really create that time freedom and that family freedom so they can really enjoy their lives, you know, the ones that are willing to grind for a few years like most people won't so they can live the rest of their life like most people can't, that's a pretty awesome goal. And so, you know, I know that you may think that's hyperbole and that's just like me trying trying to sell my stuff and it's not at all because I, no, I mean, no. I love what I'm doing. I'm here right now. I have a supermodel, beautiful wife. And I'm here with you, at, you know, doing this podcast because because I freaking love this. And uh, hopefully you can see that in my passion. And, 
you know, when you love what you do, work is play and you never work another day in your life. And so that truly, you know, I've never been happier in my life than I am right now changing lives and, and, and getting that feedback. And when I tell you, I get love several times a day, I'm not exaggerating. I get DMs, emails, gifts, cards, literally every single day. What a blessing, right? Man. Keep putting it out into the atmosphere, bro. It's going to return to you tenfold. I'm proud of you. And your spirit is contagious, man. It's very contagious. And I'm going to push that camp because that one's that one's virtually right or it's in person? It's, that one's virtual, yeah. I will have an in-person one later this year, but but man, come to the virtual because getting up to speed as fast as possible is super important right now because you got to have to have time to fully understand the business, learn how to underwrite deals or have get with somebody that can do that. Build connections because this is a connection business. It's not what you know in this business. It truly is who you know. You connect. My most successful students, you know, in that that 150,000 units I was talking about are the ones that are most connected. And so that's super important. So, you know, come to the virtual one. It's it's basically free and and I don't sell anything. So don't tell me your excuses because there are none. Exactly. I'm going to be there and I'm going to have a lot of my people there. I have have about 300 agents, 300 real estate agents that are in my... um, organization. So I'll make sure we-, we They, they will there. get a ton of value, I promise. I've never had a complaint other than the breaks are too short because I'm cramming so much in. I do breaks every 50, you know, every couple hours for 15 minutes. And trust me, they're harder on me than they are on my listeners. But anyway, it's a pleasure to meet you, my friend. I, I hope you got some value. No, it was great, man. I'm going to close with this and then I'm going to ask where people can find you. One book that you recommend for people to read that made an impact in your life? Let me give you, let me give you a bunch because one of my love language is gifts. So my students get tons of books from me. One of them is the five love languages. I mean, if you love anybody, you need to read that freaking book. I was blessed to have that author on my show. He's getting pretty old. Uh, Hal Elrod's Miracle Morning, how you start your day every morning so that you kick ass. You know, uh, I want my students get a book called Turning Pro. You know, every everybody was once an amateur, including, you know, in the NFL, NBA, you know, and in, in, in business. They're once an amateur, but you, you got to take off that amateur hat and put your professional hat on like you did, Terrence. And, and it's the same way in multifamily in any business. You know, the one thing, Gary Keller's one thing I had, I, I had, by the way, I had Hal Hellrod on my show, The Miracle Morning. I've also had the co-author, uh, Jay Papasan of The One Thing, Gary Keller's book on the show. Incredible book. Well, there's a few. That's great. Well, thank you again, brother. I'm going to look you up. And when you have your next in-person event, I'll make sure to message you and I want to spend some time with you. I'd love it. I'd love it. Uh, it'll probably be September, October, but, uh, we can circle back and totally drill down on multifamily if you want. I, I know we talked a lot about mindset today, but uh, I appreciate it, man. It was a pleasure to meet you. And uh, again, remember that code TM5, go to rodslinks.com and there's tons of free stuff there, books and resources there, but the bootcamp site's there and use the code TM5 for that $47 price. I got to remember to tell my team right now, which I'll do. And um, I promise you'll be glad you came. If you don't freaking love it, call me, DM me, and I'll give you your forty-seven freaking dollars back. It's never happened, but there's a. Fr- I don't mean like it. I mean freaking love it because I spend time on mindset too. Because you got to take action with what you learn. Otherwise, it's just entertainment, right? You got to actually do something with it. And I make sure you do something with it. So, yes, sir. Thank you again, brother. Appreciate you being on the show. God bless. Thanks. 